morning. It's lovely to see you. Um, and I'm aware of the time, so we won't, we won't go for too long today, um, but it's nice to see you. Um, we, I was speaking to a friend yesterday, and she is preaching in her church this morning, and the church gave her the topic of, is God in control, and does prayer work? Just... <laughs> And it's a fairly conservative church, one that Sarah might know, um, but you just feel like they, it's a loaded topic to give someone and they, they know the answer they want. I was thinking, how kind and wonderful that we have such a lovely topic today of the body, which is a much more, not even a question, at all, just, yeah, anyway, that, that gave me shivers. So that is not our topic that we are touching on today. Um, but we are entering into a series on the body and faith um, and it's a very inconvenient, fleshy, troubling, beautiful, messy, I'm going to add the word poopy because that's been my week as well, <laughs> wondrous thing of the body, um, body as body itself, um, but also body as metaphor for, for many other things. And we're going to take our time to explore that because our tradition has a long, long history with it and um, it's very much present in scripture. Um, we began our series a few weeks ago um, with Rod sharing on the creation narrative. Um, this Hebrew creation account offers a very terrestrial story, which I love that it's very kind of earthy. Um, we hear of the brooding spirit of God's voice, of God resting, of the breath of God, commingling with dirt, otherwise known as sort of making mud, mud puddles and dust to make an earth creature, blowing into its nose, God opening up the earth creature and bloodily going inside its body cavity to take out a rib. How exciting. Um, from which to make another fleshy companion and fashion them like a potter for each other. Um, so this is not a disembodied kind of abstract solely kind of story it's it's very from the from the get-go fleshy messy um I've never thought I added the bloody bit myself I've never actually thought about the the removal of a rib being a bloody story but it's this is the stuff of emergency nursing you're like this is you know getting a rib out I don't know if you've ever had to do that but but to get a rib out that's that's gross that's that's rough you know that's rough on a body um but all in all at the end of that story, we see that God's saying these flesh, earthy creatures are good, very good. It's all very good. And that's where we start. Um, and it's just so interesting that that's just not where it ends with these fleshy earth creatures being seen as good, very good. It often goes astray. Um, there's a German Benedictine abbess from, she's from the year about a thousand, so she's about a kind of beautiful called Hildegard of Benin. And she said, God is the good, and all things which proceed from God are good. God is the good, and all things which proceed from God are good. What a beautiful, simple message um, that, gosh, if that was at the heart of the church, what a beautiful heart it is. Um, we have body terminology all through Scripture um, the biblical writers weren't afraid to draw on the body and its metaphors to share about God, the church, and the story of reconnection of all things through and in God, connection to ourselves, connection to one another, and connection to the divine is often used in very body-much terms. Um, he is calling me. Come, sweetheart, my pretty one, come out. 
Winter is over, the rains are gone, the flowers are blooming. It's time for singing. Let's walk out through the valleys and listen to the song of the dove. The fig trees are selling fruit and the air is full of the smell of grape blossoms. Arise and come, my pretty darling, come away with me. Oh, my little bird, out here among the rocks on the mountainside, where no one can see us, let me see the beauty of your dark skin. Talk to me, let me hear the joy of your voice. Oh, it's sweet your voice is, it's like the voice of a dove, and your skin, it is loveliness itself. Any takers on where that comes from? Song of Solomon. <laughs> the book that none of us, we, we never explored in our church. No one ever dove into a text like that in our church growing up. Um, but I personally love Song of Salt. Just the, it's pretty kind of uncomfortably unedited, passion, love. You know, we used to sort of joke about all the, the sheep and the teeth and all, you know, the descriptions. But, but it's, it's a passionate embodied story unashamedly about love and passion um, and I love that it made it into our canon you know it's I'm sure there were there's been many a debate over whether that is appropriate or what does it mean is that God is that us but it, in its essence it's just a, an earthy embodied story um, which I which I love but it often shocks me how complicated our tradition's relationship with the body is in trying to follow and understand scripture or to holding on to unquestioned tra uh, traditions or trying to pacify inner unease, the Christian church has done great harm and I believe a great disservice to us, its embodied community. Um, some messages have been very overt, some very subtle, some very explicit, some just implied, um, but there's been lots of harm done in relation to being an embodied person um, looking towards faith. Um, anyway, I jump ahead. But last week, um, we opened up this topic that we're going to use some lenses, um, so it's kind of to, to flesh out, there you go, to flesh out our series a little bit, we're going to use some lenses, um, which you may, I'm going to just click away, um, recall, that we, we, we touched on this last week, the first being the world as God's body, the world itself, as the body of God. Um, this is borrowing from an American theologian called Dr. Sally McFaig. Um, and she says, let us consider God, the world as God's actual body. Um, it might be a bit shocking, and it's, but it's a very old idea and with roots in Stoicism. Um, it surfaces in a sacramental understanding of creation. The world charged with the glory of God. And it brings us to a wonderful term called panentheism, which just means all in God, the belief that the divine pervades and interpenetrates every part of the universe and also extends beyond space and time. Um, to God present in the stuff of our earth. Um, a few last week, I think it was Karen as well, just touched on how lovely this idea, this, this is easy to kind of, when you're in nature, to think, oh, God is here. Um, that often doesn't take a lot of thinking. You know, you might be on a bike somewhere, Pat. You know, like just the presence of God is here in this place. Um, the next lens that we that we talked about was the church as the body, as Christ's body. Um, God has put the body together. 
giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are a part of the body of Christ and each of you is a body. You are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. Um, it's another lens from which to view the body. Um, and this, I think, surprisingly last week the, was a real stumbling block because there's so many people found the difference within churches and um, some of the more, you know, un, you know, ugly sides of the church are we their brother, you know, their siblings? Um, are we connected to them? Is it, are they part of the body that we are part of? Or is it just this body? Um, so there were some roadblocks when it came to thinking of the church as body. Um, but that at times has been very liberating and controversial in itself. Um, so that was one of the lenses. And the last, this is just a quick little recap, was lens was um, our body or my body. I won't say my body because it just ends up sounding really creepy. Uh, we do a series on that. Um, but our bodies as the very dwelling place of God. Um, do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit um, who is in you, whom you have received from God? Uh, there's... God has forever made the human flesh the privileged place of the divine encounter. That's our, our, our very lovely Richard Raw. So God has forever made the human flesh the privileged place of the divine encounter. Um, so that's another lens by which we might look at the body. Um, does that all ring a bell? Yeah. yeah. We're not introducing any big new things this week, but we just wanted to sort of give... It's kind of the last week of our intro, then we, then we kind of dive off a bit. But um, given the, the diversity from here, from you, I'm sure if we had time and you shared about your experiences of church and their handling or their exploration or their theology around the body, um, it may lead us to some very concerning places or very troubling places um, or very traumatic places um, and we never want to diminish that um, but we never want to bring that up in an unhelpful way here um, on a Sunday or on a, a gathered time together. Um, so today what we, we thought we might do is explore, I'm going to, one of them, here we go. Explore one of these lenses um, in a in a mind map. If you've ever done mind maps, there's usually a word in the middle and then thoughts flowing off around it, and drawings, you know, descriptions, arrows, um, whatever goes on a mind map. It could just be a drawing. That could be your your map. But just to kind of give you some space to reflect on what you've been taught, perhaps about one of those lenses, um, and what are your questions now. Um, what do we do with healing? You know, what or what does prayer work in the in the place of physical healing? Oh, I'm, I'm still going back to that other topic, um, but you might have deep questions about um, the body um, in any one of those contexts, and we just thought we would just flesh it out. It's for you and a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be shared. Um, so the question is, what questions or observations come to you when looking at the body through one of these lenses? I 
got many questions. I've got questions of my old church. Why were you so afraid of the fleshy part of us? Why were you so obsessed with masturbation? Our church always talked about it. Um, you know, cis male masturbation. I'm going to put it in a very... They, they talked about it all the time. What, what, why was that so, so concerning for you? So I have questions of my own tradition. Um, I have questions of why did you never talk about the earth? Why was that such a random... Why did that feel like a new idea for me when I thought of God and care of the planet? That was never discussed. Um, we had often sort of pictures of trees and things on PowerPoints, but never discussed. So I've got questions. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I've said, <laughs> I've said enough. But what I'll get you to do, we're just going to have five minutes with you and a piece of paper. And feel free to choose one of those lenses. Um, I'm going to get... Oh, go back one. Um, and um, you should have paper near you. There should be pens near you um, on, on tables. Um, and you're welcome to write in the centre of that page the body. Uh, but I encourage you, if, if it feels particularly triggering on a personal level, um, maybe take the top one, the world as God's body, as a safer approach and explore that. Or even the church, um, if referring to body and self has, has got too many connections that have just been really problematic for you or triggering. So take it where it feels safe for you. Um, we're going to have five minutes um, to just brainstorm that lens um, that you've chosen. Be big. Try not to think too much. Don't edit what you're writing. Um, and then in five minutes, we'll come back together um, to check in. If you need to go for a walk during that time as well, don't, don't be afraid to do that as well. Clear-ish? All right, clear-ish. That's good. Go for it. Thank you for sharing, um, and thank you for whatever you've written on there. We'll add it through the series, bring those to us to our gatherings. Um, we will, you know, we're, we're not here to neatly tie up all the questions, um, but we hope to find life-giving ways of exploring them. That's that's the hope. Um, we're going to come together in communion um, now, holding all of that in our space. Um, Communion is only crackers at the moment, um, but it represents a, a gathering, a meal that we share together each week where all are welcome at the table um, and all are welcome to eat. Um, unless you're allergic to these crackers, then you can pretend. But what I'm going to get you to do, if someone from each half of the room wants to grab the two plates on the fireplace and sort of share the crackers around... And while, I, while you grab that, I, I want to thank you for being people who question with me um, and who don't just take things as they have been given to us, but we are curious, we are a curious community. Um, I love that we are a curious community. Um, ta, oh gosh, who has a one-year-old? <laughs> um, well, as we have our cracker today, let's um, celebrate this as a table that we're all welcome at, our bodies, our full flourishing selves um, are welcome at this table um, and we celebrate ourselves, each other 
and the God who created us um, from the earth. Um, and we celebrate that and we celebrate the, st- the story of Christ who recon- has a great big message of reconnection to self, to, to, to the divine as well. So let's eat and drink together, whatever's on your table, um, acknowledging our fullness of self in God. Lovely dry crackers. <laughs> um, I'm going to finish today with a, a last quote from my new friend Hildegard of Benin that sort of taps on um, what Julie said before. Um, so Hildegard said, With my mouth, God says, I kiss my own chosen creation. I uniquely, lovingly embrace every image I have made out of the earth's clay. With a fiery spirit, I transform it into a body to serve all the world. Amen. Go in peace. Have a lovely week.